Hello and welcome to the Wise Children podcast. It has been nearly a year since we did one of these and we've decided it's time to get the gang back together. So we are sat in the Froom office of Wise Children and I am sat around a table with Poppy Keeling. Hello. Jay Jones. Hello. And Simon Baker. Hello. And we are going to be discussing, amongst other things, TLC, The Lucky Chance, our new venue. Um, the Little Match Girl, our first performance in that venue, which wasn't supposed to be a venue, was only going to be for rehearsing, but we're wise children, so we decided to make a venue anyway. Um, we'll talk more about that in a minute, because that's tipping everybody over the edge. And we're also going to talk about Bluebeard, which is our next big show. So, Simon, what should we start with? Lead us through this uh, mire, this mess, this forest of projects well i felt i felt we should get back together and do one because it was last september we were last together and that's not great for our ongoing podcast series <laughs> so <laughs> it makes them really exclusive it does right? make them exclusive i just feel we might need to do a bit few more a year maybe done um so but what's been happening since last september so we, we, that's when we last spoke which was we ju- i think we just taken over the lucky chance haven't yeah. we yeah. we hadn't started work on it or maybe we'd started doing things we thought were welcome it um and we've had Wuthering Heights go out on tour and now you're into a whole new section of shows and I suppose I don't want to think about the past too much but I suppose that's been the genuine story pre during and post pandemic is Wuthering Heights has been overwhelming it was a massive show how many people did we have on the road Poppy I think it was 22 with a f- permanent touring company and then a few extras most of the time so a huge amount of people to be moving around the country and the world in the wake of the pandemic and it's taken every ounce of our ability energy spirit (laughs) it's been amazing and it and it ended in at the amsterdam festival um holland festival um a couple of months ago and it's been amazing but it's been quite hard to think beyond it but as we've been doing that, the Lucky Chance has been being renovated. So this is where I'm smiling at Jay Jones because, <laughs> and Simon Baker, two of the greatest sound geniuses um, and designers in the business have been sanding floors, electrocuting yourselves, building sheds. Yeah. Tell us, um, give us an update on where we are with our venue. Uh, well, we're doing we're doing really well. We've, so we've we've completed what we think we were calling the first phase of works, although. The phases have all blurred, uh, but we now have a new kitchen uh, and some new lovely toilets. So we just have to pause here for a moment. I've known Jay for many years, but in the last year, he's only ever looking at toilets, toilets. either online or in reality. Reality tiles, yeah, grouting, including, including coming out of a lot of toilets in you know bars, theatres. Yeah having just taken loads of pictures of them. Yeah, that's, that's going to be worrying when someone hacks the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important, though. It's very important. Toilets are huge. And we all, we, anyway, we can't talk about toilets on a podcast because that's a whole other podcast, probably, mm. now. Toilet cast. It could be a hit. Um, but the toilets are very important in a venue. Yeah. And uh, people, if you go to a place with bad toilets, everyone, everyone talks about it, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we've got some lovely toilets. Um, and uh, we've had some ups and downs along the way uh, in sort of first phase of course old buildings fight back when you try and do um, when you try and do work so we found 
asbestos and we found damp walls and we found all sorts of things which of course weren't planned for um but we've overcome and and we we've now finished that and we and yeah we're on to sort of the more exciting part i suppose of the project now which is trying to convert it into a into a well, and phase 3.5, which is a performance venue. And we've been a bit nutty because, although I think we've been clever, but I would say that, because whilst Jay and Simon and all the workmen have been renovating this beautiful old Methodist church, we've also been working in there. So we have run the School for Wise Children. We've done several R&Ds. Um, in fact, we're teaching in there at the moment. So what happens is that there's pockets of building work and then we all have to come in and clear it up and then we do creative work and then it goes back to the builders the really bad thing about that is the amount of cleaning we all do how many hours did we do on Sunday I did probably did less than some people around this table but I was there for about five hours I think how many trips to the tip only only two that day but I I know Froome tip very well so there's a lot of tidying and so it's hard for the building works to keep going but it does push us forward I do feel that every time that there's a school or a workshop we, we lurch forward onto a new chapter. So, in fact, the new stairs were finished just in time for the Pick and Mix workshop to start yesterday. So, it's you know, it does... And it's not, it's not perhaps the most efficient way of doing things to keep clearing up and then keep starting building again, but it does mean that our whole team, or, or most of the team, are really starting to feel an ownership of the space because they have been and will have been involved at all these early stages and they're working out which cupboards for which and how how different bits of the building work and I think that's really important yeah and well, I was talking to our carpenter about it as well and it, it's actually there's an interesting thing maybe within the timeline of a project management thing of going well actually if we'd said well the deadline is the 27th of October now we'd still be running down the clock to the 27th of October but actually these sort of these little kind of kick up the arses of we must finish this set of projects by this point because there are literally people arriving to, to work in the space is kind of is kind of brilliant and it gives us of which we are a company of theatre makers and people that want to make things happen it gives us a motivation to keep doing it rather than just going well maybe we'll have a thing by October the 27th or not <laughs> and it is come on I've those big days like we had on Sunday they're gruelling and you know somebody painful painful, yeah Simon sorry I'm laughing because Simon not only got sunstroke in the morning but actually had an electric shock in the afternoon so you know they're they're dramatic but they're also like the stuff of 1950s children's books you know it is let's put on a show let's all muck in together and there's something really really comforting You, you sleep really well after a day like that and feel like you are part of a community and that you're, you know, helping make something happen. So I'm going to push us forward a little bit because one of the reasons that we're having to work so hard is because having said that the lucky chance would be a place to teach in and rehearse in, I've decided in year one that it will also be a place to become a theatre. So would you people like to describe when I flamboyantly say let's put on a show at Christmas, it just needs to be simple, what... (laughs) What, which bits of just life I'm not understanding at that point? It's the phrase, it needs to be simple, that I don't think you've grasped. (laughs) 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 Well, it's just the project moves, the building had had to move on, didn't it? So originally, you know, what what you have to do for a rehearsal space, and we always talked about it being like the rehearsal spaces we'd normally work in, we thought we could make it slightly better than those rehearsal spaces, we'd be on to something... 
And then we thought, well, we need to get it a bit better than that because we've got to bring the school in, which means they're sort of not really our employees, so we, they're probably members of the public, so we need to get it a bit better than that. But bringing an actual paying member of the public into the space triggers all kinds of things we needed to do and all kinds of rules and all kinds of um, building regulations and lots and lots of things we probably hadn't considered. So we are going to do Little Match Girl at Christmas. That was the big discovery, wasn't it? We thought we are going to do a show at Christmas, largely for the local community. There really is a limit because this beautiful, beautiful, tiny space is only going to be able to seat 60 people. Um, that's the number that it yeah. can seat legally. I love that, you see. I think especially if you're opening a venue for the first time, you know, we need to learn how to manage that space safely and, and beautifully. And I think 60 is a really nice um, limit on that. But it does mean it's never going to make any money and the fact that I want everything to be bigger, better. And I think, I think that bit, I think the show bit, ironically, the show bit on its own would be fine, but it's not dissimilar to when, when we did the passenger shed in that you, you've got the show, which we can make, and we're all really good at doing that bit. It's the venue bit of it that we're struggling with because, of course, it's a standing start for us. So even something simple, like we know we've got to build a bar, but how high does a bar need to be? How big's the splashback at the back and oh god we've got to get water to the front of the bar as well as the back of the bar it's all of those things that sort of take the time and that's literally what we're in the middle of at the moment is trying to get all those services built so how do we scan a ticket how do we sell a ticket or how do we use a till it's all of that stuff that's well, quite between jay and simon you've had to build a box office physically and online to sell tickets to market it to you're doing everything, aren't you? It was probably a bit naive and a bit stupid, but I also felt it was important for us. We could easily have bought into somebody else's box office, for example. We talked about it. We mm. thought we could go and do that. But there's something quite good about us, as painful as it is today, there's something quite good about taking ownership of that whole way we interact with everybody. So if it's our box office and somebody rings us with a question about a ticket or an access thing, or they're going to talk to Steph rather than if we'd have found it out, they're going to talk to whoever's in that call centre or whoever's on that box office. So I think it was, it was a bit stupid because the amount of work we've suddenly taken on. But I think long term, I think it's all right. I think it's quite good. I've been thinking about the space, about how, you just, how we describe the lucky chance, um, because I guess I do a lot of funding applications and a lot of sort of writing about the company for, for the public. Um, and, and, I, and I keep coming back to calling it a creation space, which I guess doesn't really have a definition. And maybe there aren't a lot of creation spaces in this country, but I feel like there are in other countries. And people like Robert Lepage, you know, he has a creation space in, in Quebec City. Um, and, and so it has a different definition. It's not just a rehearsal space. It's not just a training space for the school. It's not just a workshop where we create our shows. It, does also have to have an element of, of open to the public because you can't really create the kind of work that you make, Emma, without having the public come in. Um, and there's not it's not like a straightforward sort of feedback loop of make work, bring people in, change work. But it's something about being a poorer space that the local community can come into and be part of and feed. Um, I do think that's part of the creation of the work. So I think even though we perhaps didn't didn't imagine we'd be putting on a show quite as fast as we are, I think it was always going to be part of the plan and it always had to be part of the plan. 
I love that expression, porous. That's lovely, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, but it's interesting listening to us, isn't it? Is that however exhausted and fed up we get, we're just fiercely independent. And, and we, we want this to be ours, don't we? From beginning to... Which is why we keep holding on to jobs and yeah. doing jobs that there might be simpler, quicker ways of doing it. But we just want every bit of this building to to match who we are and what we believe in. And and it's going to pay off. I keep saying we've got to think of it as a, not just as a year. We have to stop thinking this is an investment. We're investing this year in years of creative joy. And that um, it's going to be tough this year, but we're, we're not only investing money, but our time and our creation and our, our, our imaginations. But if we get it right, which I have no doubts we're going to, this is... This is what will bring us together with joy for, for the next decade minimum. That's what I think. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Little Match Girl, just so everybody knows. So I made the Little Match Girl at when I was at the Globe for the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse. Um, those of you that know me know that my, I, I'm sort of, if you cut me in half, I've got wonder stories. You know, I love my folk tales and my folk stories. And when I was at the globe the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse is candle lit and I just knew immediately I was going to do the little match girl because the thought of having a single match and a little girl in that space was magic and it was a magic magic show um, and when I left the globe a bit like when Tina Turner said that she just wanted to leave her married with her name I left the globe with my work it felt really important to me that I had my own work as I left the building so we've got all the props and costumes and the great thing about it is that the stories are told by this um, chorus called the shut eyes and in many ways um, and I it could evolve I could tell different Hans Christian Andersen stories every year is that I've got this beautiful troupe of storytellers who are like traveling strange um, burlesque players um, and this year they're going to tell a selection of stories and next year they might tell a different one but it's going to be really magic only 60 people we're going to do delicious snacks we're going to do a lovely bar because if Jay spends his life looking at toilets Simon spends his life looking at bars yeah you look, you look at bars as well don't you we spend a lot of time in them yes I mean, uh... we used to spend a lot of time in them oh yeah we now spend a lot of time gently talking to pub landlords saying do you mind if we just take a quick uh, photo behind your bar <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be magic and I can't wait you know I can't a bit like we were talking about these you know the big Sunday clear-ups I've rarely looked forward to a Christmas more because I know we're all going to be doing the front of house we're going to be running the bar we're going to be you're head usher aren't you I'm head usher. Me and Laura Keefe are going to be doing the ushering. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait. It's really nice to go. I'm going to be there every night. I'm going to see every audience in, every audience out. And I can't wait. It's really nice to be not thinking about getting away from something, but thinking about leaning in. And that's really what this space has done for me. And I think we're going to be knackered at the end of it, but we are going to sleep like babies. We're going to be so happy. You sleep like babies for straight a week, rehearsal. and yeah. then you're going to go straight into <laughs> rehearsal for Bluebeard. Yeah, which is the nice segue. <laughs> yeah, so Bluebeard's the next thing. Um, what can I say about it? It's a nasty story, Bluebeard, isn't it? It's one that I've always sort of not wanted to do because it's about a man who kills women. Not my favourite subject, but I woke up just over a year ago sort of knowing that I had to tell it and it's because I am fed up fed up is such a is too 
I'm, I'm over it, like us all, of the regular chime of women getting killed by men they know and men they don't know. And I thought, I want to tell Bluebeard, I want to do a feminist, angry, funny version of Bluebeard. And that's what we're doing. And it's a little bit frightening for me because after the the exertion of Wuthering Heights, which came on the back of um, Wise Children. I've been doing more and more complicated shows, big adaptations of big novels, and I'm really going back to basics on this one. So we're just working from a story, we're devising, there isn't a script which is driving everybody absolutely insane. Everybody keeps saying, but where's the script? And I'm like, it'll be there one day, but probably not before rehearsals. There'll be a, there's a plan, but it's quite complicated and I'm out of my comfort zone and in my comfort zone at the same time. And we're going to make it a lucky chance. Yeah, it's going to be made entirely at lucky chance. Which will be the first one we've made at lucky chance and then go and take somewhere else. Yeah, then we go to Bath Theatre Royal. And we're putting together a lovely company, although there's still some final bits of casting to do. Um, and I think that's... What, what have I missed, Poppy? I don't know. I, I was just bre- looking at my phone briefly because I wanted to give a statistic that I can't remember, so I'm not going to, but I've been listening to a podcast about... Oh, it's a true crime podcast because that's the kind of person I am. But it, it, there's, there was some stat that I heard yesterday evening as I was cycling home about how many women are killed by husbands, partners or family members around the world. And I was expecting the number to be every day and it was every and I think it was five every hour or something but I would was trying to google to, to check myself but it was just so huge you just sort of go what it's like it's it's genocide um but we don't talk about it like that um no the so, show's yeah. not going to be like that but that is the motor for the show isn't mm. it and the um you know the 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 rise of the rights and the 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 rebirth of misogyny is it you can feel it you know and you can feel it um I've been so blessed in my life and blessed with the men that I work with and the men that I've loved and continue to love. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, this theme comes up in Bluebeard, but you know, I'm the lucky one, but even the lucky one at some point, the the scales fall from your eyes and you, you, you look at the Andrew Tates and you, you look at what's happening and you look at the fact that in America, the the, the right to choose is being taken away from women, you know, and this is, this is big and this is changing and, like I say, it's going to have all the regular Emma Rice magic and charm and funniness, um, but but at its heart, it's a it's a response to, to something that's happening that is really really uncomfortable and really really terrifying. Um, my mind has now also gone to the fact that I sort of have no doubt that the enormous themes and the the emotional power of the, like you're just all on top of that. And we're sort of not, at the moment, the, the process of making the show is, feels to me like we're not really in that, in those weeds at the moment. But ironically, the weeds we are in sound so different to that. We're desperately trying to work out how to saw a lady in half and get, <laughs> find, find an illusionist that can help us with the like, most glitzy, glam, trad, magic illusions, which feels quite... So the actual practical work happening on the show at the moment feels very far removed from the the kind of the beating heart issues. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, right now we're in we're in I'm, the. Um, I don't want to give be a spoiler. We don't know what's going to happen, but I'm yeah feeling very tickled by um, misogynist tricks yeah. that we all watched in the 1970s very very happily, didn't we? <laughs> Different ways of torturing women in bikinis. Yeah. It's funny when you look through those lists of of magic tricks, and it is it is just like how shall we hurt this small lady? And when's that? So when, when do we do that? January. 
Yes. We rehearse January. Yes. Check February. Yes. When do we open in Bath? We open in Bath. Oh, I should know this. Very beginning of February. I believe our official opening night is either the 6th or the 8th of February. Yeah. Um, Let's put that in the metadata. And Bath is on sale. We've got a couple of weeks there. Yeah. We then go to... um, York? Yes. Okay, the, the we're tiptoeing around the venues. We're tiptoeing around yet. the venues that haven't announced yeah. yet. So some venues have announced, some venues have not announced. Um, keep your eye on our website for all the details. But lots of the venues are on sale already. But we're, we're um, there's a, the there's a London a venue which hasn't been announced yet, and that's where the tour is going to end. And we are also going to film it. And yeah. we are not quite sure what's going to happen with that film, but it will. That will also be available for international friends at some point yeah uh, yeah the, the tour's looking absolutely lovely it's going to be good and yeah. when's, li- when's Little Match go on that's soon that's like we start rehearsals on the no loading nobody needs this for the podcast I'm just recapping now <laughs> we, lo- <laughs> we load in on the 6th 6th of November you start rehearsing the week after starting 13th of November and then the shows are across across the month of December last show on the 23rd of December oh I know yeah it's going to be great but if you want to watch it you have to get tickets quick because there's 60 a night. And that we're not filming. No. That is, that is available that in... It's an in-person live experience only. I, I have to draw this to a close because I'm actually teaching up the road. I'm doing our brilliant School for Wise Children pick and mix and they need me up there. They definitely need you. What are you going back to, Poppy? I'm just going back to the Bristol office for an afternoon of meetings, I think. Uh-huh. Isn't that exciting? Oh, Lovely. I've got some things for you. Jay, hanging out in toilets or...? Uh, oh, we're bars. We're bars. bars oh, we're bars. We've got, to draw the, we've got to finish drawing the bar, that's right. Bar drawings. OK, that's what we're doing. And we're going we're gonna to come back and do... We'll, we'll do an update on your match scale as we get into rehearsal. Yeah, I will. We're going to get back into the podcast seats and I'll get some of the actors in on it as well. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, everybody.